welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Welcome to the podcast. This is Tom Vergus, and again, I'm joined by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hi, Tom. Hi, Jürgen. Welcome to this session here. What are we talking about today? I suppose that's the question you have for me, right? That is the question I have for you. So I, I want to find out how do I become a better global leader? Terrific. So in the last two sessions, you recall, we talked about firstly why cultural intelligence is important mm. as a global leader. And then in the last uh, episode, we actually talked about culture. We deconstructed culture so that we can understand how culture influences. I think in this episode, let's talk a little more about cultural intelligence, mm. which is in fact the ability to interact effectively with people of different cultural backgrounds or to be effective in culturally diverse settings. So that's what cultural intelligence is. Yeah. And and why is that important in because some people might say, I, I have my job, I don't work internationally, I'm in this little company that's very local. So why is it important to be culturally intelligent? Well, I think there are two reasons uh, to, uh, for that. In some ways, in fact, for some people, it actually may not be necessary. So let's face it, like, you know, it may not be necessary to be culturally intelligent. <laughs> However, the listener to this podcast wants to know wants to know and it is my assumption that the listener is somebody who is either a up and coming global leader or is already a global leader and looking at how to extend their skill sets why is it important you may be for instance in a domestic setting yet be dealing with people who are from different cultural backgrounds so let's use australia as an example where we both live mm. Just under 30% of the Australian population were born overseas. 40% have at least one parent born overseas. So if you're a leader in any team, you are dealing with cultural diversity. In a domestic setting, you still, I would argue, would be more effective if you were able to have a better sense of the cultural nuances that influences a person's thinking. So for somebody that's looking to perhaps embark on an international career, that local environment is a great little place to start practicing. That's correct. Mm. That is absolutely correct. So try practicing in your local environment. And then when you move internationally, you can then start experimenting in a different context. And sometimes it's really quite basic. It's quite fundamental. So recently we had the situation of somebody who was sent from Australia to uh, Bangkok. And, of course, here in Australia, as you can appreciate, Jürgen, we tend to call our senior leaders by their first names. You know, we're much more informal in terms of the hierarchy. And uh, this person went into a hierarchical culture in Thailand. It's extremely hierarchical. And then they wondered there for a while why they were not getting the help, the assistance, 
the buy-in from some of the ideas and suggestions. And it really was because he was coming across, he was seen as being rude mm. because he was calling all the senior leaders by their first name. You know, and in Thailand, they have that term called kun, right? Yes. So which is a way of pay, paying respect. He wasn't using any of that. Now, you know, you may, it may only seem like a small thing, but in that context, it was seen as being rude. Mm. And so therefore, because they saw him as being rude, they were then being rude back to him. And the, the way of doing that was actually not cooperating. Oh, hmm. Yeah, that's a great example and, and one that I've experienced in the past also. So you mentioned cultural intelligence. Is that an example of the sort of thing? So how does cultural intelligence play into that? So cultural intelligence in that aspect would be firstly to understand, okay, that's a behavior change, right? Mm. What are some of the things I need to do in terms of my behavior, which is an action, which is, if you take a step back from that, it becomes then what's my strategy that I need to do to put that into place, push that a step back, which is around what sort of knowledge do I need? And the, the initial step is around, around drive. So what I've done is actually introduced the four aspects of cultural intelligence to you, Jürgen, in a backwards way. <laughs> oh, but yeah, let me talk to you. There are four aspects <laughs> mm. to it. One is what we call CQ drive, which is your motivation. You know, your, it, your, the intrinsic and extrinsic reasons of why you want to interact with people. And we'll talk about that more in more depth in the next episode. Mm. The next aspect of cultural intelligence is knowledge. What are some of the similarities? What are the differences? What are the values that people have in different cultural backgrounds? Of course, starting with my own culture. That then leads me to seek your strategy. How do I plan? How do I make sure I execute in whatever meeting I'm going in for? And then... The final aspect is action. How do I actually bring it to life? Hmm. So in, in the example of the person who went to Thailand and started calling everybody by their first name the way it's normal to do in Australia, how did they realise that was the issue or that was one of the issues that was contributing to a lack of cooperation because what he sud suddenly realized and it didn't come immediately you know it took actually about three or four months is he actually found that he was being he was on the outer and you know this was a, a short-term assignment for him he, you know he was there for a year and he was given some specifics on what he needed to achieve from the organization here who was sending him and he found going three, four months into the assignment, he, he just reflected on it and thought to himself he was just not achieving it. So that then prompted him to read more about Thai culture. He'd already read about it before, but I think this helped him look at it in more depth. And more importantly, he actually engaged it with a coach. So he started talking and asking and, and that was where the whole conversation then started, right? So we started having a conversation about it. We were able to unpack what was happening, what were some of the experiences he had, and then started making suggestions on what are some of the things that he, he could do. And he started off with, that was how it started. Mm, 
So it really is important to get some information from people who understand this topic. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, either local people who have actually had exposure in other cultures or somebody who you know, works in that field, right? So, you know, that's what we do, right? Cultural synergies. That's our area of expertise. That's what we do. We help people cross borders and work across time zones. So how important is observation in cultural intelligence? Because I was reminded, your story reminded me of the Philippines where I spend a lot of time. And in the Philippines, it's important to actually talk to elders or seniors in an organization they they say sir so i might say sir tom mm. so i would refer to you by your first name but it would be sir tom yes but you'd give me a title or you yeah. may call me uncle or that yeah. yes if it's if it's yeah. kind of a, a closer relationship that's correct mm. yeah so but it's always a label right so it's about understanding it's about understanding that and knowing what's the context of it and you know so that instead of getting offended by it hmm. it's kind of saying actually in this context it's fine so let me give you an example many years ago when i was working for a large multinational we did a lot of work in indonesia in jakarta and my client there was indonesian she was educated uh, internationally so in the meetings whenever i used to deal with her and her team i would always refer to her as ibu which is a Malay word for mother, mm -hmm. okay? Because that is the honorific, that's, the, that's being respectful yeah. uh, to her in that team. When she and I were on our own, when we were out on our own, I would just refer to her by her first name because you know, that was fine between us. But it was important in the context of the team to demonstrate respect for her title and for her seniority because otherwise her team would look at, at me as being rude. Mm. Okay, so in that same context, so similarly in the Philippines, it's it's a matter of they they you know they're giving that uh, it's like an honor because you're older. Uh, there's a, it's a hierarchical culture. We'll talk about this as well more when we look at cultural values in the different uh, countries. In a hierarchical cultures, there is value on age. Mm. That's right. That's. Something that and and what I was curious about was how important is observation in that because simply by watching what goes on in the environment, how people interact with one another that are part of the culture, certainly that gives you some clues, doesn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. So I coach all my execs. Uh, you know, the first thing they need to do uh, when they land is actually be in an observation mode. So when you land in a foreign uh, airport, observe how people are dressed. What is the tone of voice that people are using? What's the pitch and volume of language that you're hearing around the place? How do people walk? What's the speed? What's the pace that they are? Because all that tells you about the place, right? What's the decor on the walls? How do they treat you at immigration? Hmm. When you come out and you're dealing with the taxis, the drivers, how does that kind of play out? All those inform, they inform you. And also you're picking clues up, not only about the culture there, but your own reaction to that culture. Hmm. And again, useful things to bring up in a meeting, right? Useful observations uh, to make when you're interacting. So I think being, uh, being 
observant is definitely a, a very useful skill to develop CQ. And and part of that is is a curiosity, isn't it? Absolutely. Which is probably pervades all cultures. Yes. Yeah. So, that, so yes, the curiosity, you mm. know, wanting to know, being able wanting to ask the questions, wanting to know more. Mm. All right. So what uh, would you like the listener to take away from today's episode? What's the reflection point? I think the reflection point on this is, again, similar to our first uh, episode where we asked the listener to compare yourself on a scale. Perhaps here you can look at the four aspects of CQ, CQ drive, knowledge, strategy, and action, and do a scale. One low, 10 being very high, where would you put yourself on each one of those different aspects of CQ? Mm, That's a really good reflection point. And of course, if the listener would like me to ask some other questions of Tom, please send those in and we'll do that on future episodes as we delve more into those four aspects of cultural intelligence. Great. Thank Thank you, Jürgen. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.